Welcome to Wealth Alchemy Lab, where we show you how spirituality, money, and pleasure not only can go together, but that they must. Activate your soul-driven path to your most fulfilling life possible through riveting interviews from our archives and wisdom from your host, ex-lawyer turned unconventional business strategist and spiritual catalyst, Kavita Aurora. This is an interview that was repurposed from an event in 2016 called Speak Up From Your Heart. Some of the links that are mentioned may not be available, but there will be a link to each person's website in the show notes, so you can find them if you wish. Enjoy the interview. Welcome, everybody, to another amazing session of the Speak Up From Your Heart video jam. And... We are here today to empower your hidden voice, to support you in having the courageous conversations that other people avoid so you can create true prosperity in your life, love, and work. And I have with me today a friend and a woman who's been on an incredible journey, Barb Wade. And one of the reasons I absolutely had to invite Barb, and you're gonna get to hear so much more about this as uh, we enter the interview, is that she's just been on an incredible journey and and transition in her business. And uh, she was pursuing one path, and then she switched to something that was really her heart and soul's calling. And I got to witness this journey via email, and I'm like watching her videos and listen and 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 reading her emails, and like, wow, this woman has tremendous courage. Because I mean, I don't even know where Barb was. She'll tell us more. Like she was making a lot of money doing what she was doing before. So it takes tremendous courage to leave something like that and then say, you know, this isn't my calling. So I absolutely had to have her here. And uh, I'm going to now read to you a little bit more from her bio so you know who she is. Barb Wade Abe is a speaker, author, and coach. And she's been on the leading edge of transformational coaching for over 15 years. And Barb works with high achievers who, despite external accomplishments, they're finding themselves yearning for more freedom, more joy, more meaning in their lives. So you can see how she's perfect for this event. And she herself knows that the whole of quiet desperation that can exist even though achievement is high. Now her clients, through an exploration of their truly authentic priorities, values, and dreams, they release those relationships and circumstances that are draining and depleting them, and instead build lives that are vibrant and purpose-driven. Such great work. And she completed an MA in spiritual psychology as well as coaching training in 2000, and she speaks frequently at conferences and on industry panels. And she's been featured on ABC, NBC, CBS News, and Fox. And she was the official on-air life coach 
for Fine Living Channel for eight years. And Barb lives in northern Colorado with her husband and her two spirited daughters. Welcome, Barb. It's such a delight to have you here. Hello, hello. I'm so happy to be here. It's wonderful. Yeah, great. And I'd like to begin our journey in this conversation today by um, asking you to tune into, you know, what was it that had you say yes to this event? Because I know actually you're, um, you know, you get a lot of invitations and you're probably saying no to a lot of invitations. Actually, that's really true. I'm really honored at this point to have so many people reach out with opportunities to speak. And I've gotten a lot more discerning about it. And um, I really respond at this point to two things, the topic and the theme, as well as the person running the event. So you know how I feel about you. We've known each other for years, so that was a no-brainer. But then in particular, the idea of the, the, the topic of speaking up, the topic of advocating for oneself, speaking your truth, has been an instrumental life lesson for me. It's been a huge part of my transition or transformation in my life um, from my 20s to, you know, becoming the woman I am today. A lot of the issue around that was finding my own ability to be a self-advocate, stopping the people-pleasing, stopping the saying what you would want to hear so you'd like me or so you'd approve of me, and, and discovering who I am and that I could actually stand up for what I believe and share my voice and be my own best friend, my own advocate. So in the face of disapproval from others, the power still resides here. You know, the love and the safety resides here. And that's changed my life. I really had so many years of second-guessing what people would think and saying the right thing, you know, being smart enough to say what the right thing would be and betray myself and not really share what was authentic for me. And um, the transition out of that and the way that my life is now, having learned and practiced uh, standing up for me and setting boundaries and, and, and saying things that are difficult and having what you call courageous conversations, and they are, um, it's, it's been such a personal piece of my curriculum, I guess, on the planet and something I work with clients on all the time and have for years. So the topic was like, yes, we got we to gotta talk about this stuff. We really have to, to dig in because I know so many people will relate. Yeah, that's that's amazing and and yes and I, I I can really feel you in in the I mean I could feel it all along and I actually wondered when I met you I'm like she's not, she's a great business coach but she doesn't actually like this doesn't seem like um the thing and I didn't know why I had that feeling because I don't always have that feeling about people and Yes, and it was me tuning into the energy of you and how you help and support. And I'm sure even as you were doing your business coaching, you were supporting your clients and tuning into their truth and claiming their voices and and really having the courageous conversations they needed to have. Mm-hmm. And I'd love to hear a little more about this journey and the courageous conversations you've had with yourself and, you know, with mentors as you've been on this journey to transition. Tell us your story of this transition from one business to another. I'd be happy to. And I know some of the people watching don't know what the hell you're talking about. So yeah. <laughs> I'll explain. Um, so for me, you know, my initial, uh, 
part, well, initially in life, my big thing was overachieving. So my big thing was, you know, achieve and achieve and collect accomplishments. And, and, um, I did that and I was really doing so on a quest to feel good about myself. I was really trying to amass accomplishments because inside I felt very, very less than. I felt very, very uh, not good enough. I felt very anxious about being loved and worthy and valuable. And so I, I just kept believing that if I achieve this and I accomplish this, and I then I'll be validated, I'll be safe in the world, I'll be worthy, people will like me. And I was in the entertainment industry. I mean, I have all kinds of accomplishments. I went to Tufts. I graduated summa cum laude. I got a graduate scholarship to Oxford. I went to Hollywood and starred on a television series on NBC and was on, in movies and television for a couple of years. And then I went behind the scenes and ended up being one of the first 12 employees at DreamWorks when Spielberg started the studio. I mean, like really a lot of external the big secret was that I felt so inadequate inside and I felt so much like a fraud. I was very much in fear that I'd lose something, that it would be taken away from me, that I'd be found out as, as um, an imposter in the roles I was in. I mean, nothing filled that hole. And that started my own journey of personal growth. Uh, that started my first therapist when I realized that all the outside stuff wasn't filling this hole. And I was like, my God, what do I do? Like, I don't know what to do. Like, clearly the next big accomplishment ain't going to do it. And I, am I going to feel this miserable and scared and small and afraid my whole life? And so it started a really deep personal growth journey. And that went through wonderful therapists, coaches, facilitators, practitioners, um, a ton of transformational growth work. And I learned to... Um, really shift my relationship with myself. I learned to find out who I was and begin being kind to myself and loving to myself and, and developing an alliance with myself and protecting myself and learning um, how to source my worth from the inside and how that who I am could come from my own beliefs and opinion about who I am, not what everybody else thinks. And I took my power back and I started really developing this fiercely loving and, and, um, self-advocating relationship with myself. And it was so profound for me that I ended up deciding this is what I have to do with my life. I have to do this with my life. I have to help other people on the same journey that I've you know, experienced and I'm still on because it's a never-ending journey, right? But this is the most meaningful thing I've ever done. So I'm going to leave the entertainment industry and I'm going to pursue this as a profession. And I went and got that master's in spiritual psychology. I did coaching training. And I began to be a life coach in 2000 when life coaching was very new on the scene. And I was really working on this internal self-worth stuff with people. And that was what allowed them to achieve what they wanted and achieve their dreams. Because what was usually in the way was the self-criticism and the comparing and the people-pleasing and the fear. So, um, so for 10 years, I did that. So I was in this field, in this niche for 10 years. And in 2010, right after the economy had crashed in 2009, we were in a real crisis, my husband and I financially. We had a four-year-old and a two-year-old. I had this lovely life coaching practice, but his business folded overnight. It was over. The the He was in the entertainment industry still, and his projects all got canceled. And so after a little while, he wasn't getting work, and we realized I had to grow my practice. I needed to really grow my life coaching practice bigger than it was. I had a very full one-on-one -on -one clientele, but I needed to learn how to do groups and, and webinars and teleseminars and scale my work to make up for the other income. 
So this is where my business took a little bit of a, a left turn. And it, it, I don't regret it. It's all been for the highest good. But I hired my first big mentor to help me kind of grow my personal growth business. And the advice I was given was, you know what? You should actually switch and be a business coach for other coaches and healers and practitioners and facilitators and you know teach them how to attract clients and, and build a successful business because so many of them don't have that skill set. And I had a, a nice you know six-figure life coaching practice just with one-on-one -on -one clients in 2010. So this mentor said, you know, you do better service there and with the economy so low, you know, you probably have more financial security being a business coach. And I was like, okay, I, I, you know, if that's what you think would be the best thing. I mean, I was paying this person a lot of money and, you know, Tim wasn't working and financial was, was a, a, a tricky thing. And she was saying, this will be a more successful path for you. And so for five years from 2000 to 2005, uh, 2010, I'm sorry, to 15, I went, um, you know, full bore into, into business coaching. And I, my clientele were other coaches and, and healers and practitioners and solopreneurs. And, you know, you already know this, but it went incredibly well. It grew bigger and bigger and bigger. And pretty soon Tim started working for me full time as a part of this business. And then all of a sudden we had to hire a team and we started hiring team members and it got, you know, it turned into this really big machine. It was just getting bigger every year. And what was happening is that for the first few years, it was fulfilling and it really satisfied the financial concern. Um, I was intrigued by what I was teaching. It was an exciting time. But around 2013, I started realizing really, really honestly that I wasn't really happy, that I missed the deeper, more emotional work, honestly. I missed the more intimate sharing of people's dark stuff and the healing work and the return to self-love and self-worth and the empowerment work. And what I was really doing at that point was primarily teaching marketing and teaching sales, which are important topics, but that's not my life path. That isn't my zone of genius. I'm good at it, but it's not who I am. It's not what lights me up. But I felt kind of stuck there. I felt like, well, I got this big thing, and right now I'm the only income. This business is our entire family's income, and I employ people. And so um, there were a couple years there between 2013 and 15 that I was getting more and more unhappy, and that I was getting more and more depressed. And um, I started really gaining a lot of weight. You know, I was I was stuffing my feelings through overeating and getting heavier. And it's, I joke, the bigger my business was getting, I was getting bigger. <laughs> you know, and um, I really hit uh, a wall when we had the biggest year financially and I was the most miserable and depressed and depleted that I could say I'd ever been in my entire adult life. So what an interesting awareness. The finances hit the high and my despair hit the high. I'd lost myself. I didn't know what I was doing with my life anymore. And I realized I'd abandoned the 10 years of this deep personal growth work that I loved so much and I got off, off track. So I did, I made a really bold decision and I did, I guess I had a courageous conversation with myself in a way, which was about, you can't do this anymore. And then the other voice like, but the financial security and I've got thousands and thousands of people on my mailing list and I'm known now and I'm invited to speak and you know, this is security. You know, that's my, my dad's voice really, but this is security. And I had to really, really hold for myself that there's nothing more important than being aligned with my truth and what lights me up. And um, like you said earlier, like I loved my business coaching clients. I loved them. Like they're lovely. Like the, the relationships, the people, the 
the souls I got to support and get to know were, were the delight that kept me in it. But when I really thought about continuing to teach client attraction, I, oh, you know, it just isn't me. It's not. So I had that conversation. All right, you got to be willing to give up income. Who knows what will happen? You know, we got to walk away from this. We got to reclaim who you are and why you're here and what, what you want to serve uh, doing and what your zone of genius and your sweet spot is. And, you know, we may move out of our home if we can't sustain it. Like I had to really go there. You know, we may have to borrow from mom and dad. We may have to, who knows what, but that's got to be the path. It's got to be, you know, and, and then I, I did the, the leap. So as you know, a few months ago, moving into 2016, I came out to my mailing list and my community and my colleagues and said, I'm no longer business coaching. I'm going back to this transformational, deep personal growth work around reclaiming your truth and, and creating a life that's really authentic to you, despite what, what anybody else thinks, and finding yourself and advocating for yourself. And so that's where I am now. So that's the story. That's such an amazing and inspiring story. And I just um, am so moved by it and hearing the, the journey and the courage that you had in tuning into you know, what was deeper and what was emerging for you. And I'm wondering as I listen, because it's, it's really hard to leave something that's so successful and to jump, you know, to take that courageous leap and to jump into the abyss and to not know if you're going to like, you know, need to lose your house or whatever it is. And I'd love to hear a little bit more about your internal process in, in, in doing that, because I know you're a very practical person and you're a very heart centered and intuitive person. So there are all these different pieces of you that came together that made you an amazing business coach. And so how did you navigate that? I mean, you are the primary breadwinner of your family. I mean, your husband was working in your business and probably still is. And you know, uh, how did you two navigate that as a couple? Like, you know, I, I mean, I can imagine a lot of husbands would be like, honey, you're crazy. You're making great money, <laughs> you know? And like, why, why do you like, let, let's just keep making great money and keep doing this. And, you know, and, uh, I, I just love to hear whatever you're willing to share about sure. yeah. that journey. Um, yes. Well, Part of my journey in my life earlier when I was referencing my own growth and getting involved in, in um, some support was about learning to assess whether I was coming from fear or whether I was coming from love. And learning that distinction was huge for me. And I learned that coming from fear could look like decisions based in anger, decisions based in scarcity or lack, decisions based on the need to manipulate or the need to control, um, a lot of variations on what coming from fear can look like, but it's that kind of thing. And then I also was able to, to recognize that coming from love could, could mean making a decision based in trust, based in faith, um, based in creativity or based on um, generosity. Uh, and, and from a, a foundation of abundance. So those are all kind of variations on love. And I started to look at what my decisions were rooted in. I started to just look at what I was choosing to do in my life 
was it coming from fear? Was I coming from fear and afraid uh, of being afraid of how things would go? So I was trying to control or I was trying to manipulate or I was feeling in a place of lack or I'd miss something if I didn't take this action or I wouldn't be liked if I didn't do this, all fear-based. Or was my choice or my action rooted in trust and, and, and um, advocating for myself and trusting in abundance and courage? Those are all variations on, on love, as I said. And starting to recognize that was the first piece um, of, of self-support. It was the, oh, wow, I'm about to do this. But if I really look underneath, it's coming from fear. I'm about to make a choice, but it's genuinely coming from fear. All right, hold on. Before I make this choice, what would love say? What If I really came from love, if I came from trust, if I came from faith, I don't feel that right now, but if I came from that, what would I decide? What would the decision be? Okay, it would be that decision. Now, am I willing to make the decision rooted in love, even though I'm really scared even though it's not familiar, but clearly that's what love would say. Am I willing to make that decision based in love? So it was a tool that was really instrumental. And you have to realize it came up here because when I was in this, God, I feel like I need to shut this down. It was only fear talking that said, but what about the income? You need the income and you in the prestige you've created or the following you've created and you're known and you're asked to speak on stages and in telesummits and, you know, you're, uh, you know, and on the radio, I was on a radio show, you know, earlier today. Um, so all of that was, was the fear talking. And I said, what would love say? Love would say, be who you are. Follow your truth. Go after the change you want to impart in the world because it's your own story. There's nothing more important to you than the journey from what I would call self-loathing to self-worth, right? And, and there's nothing more important. And love or trust would say, you're going to be fine. You need to speak your truth. This is why you're put on a planet. This is what makes all the pain you've experienced in your life and, and how gut-wrenching your own transformational journey has been worth it to now express it to other people. And, um, and trust in abundance. You'll be fine. You will be taken care of. So I had a really clear love versus fear option there. So I used that tool. I relied on that tool. If I'm really going to choose from love, it's really clear i got to do this. And that's how I was able to help myself in making the decision. It doesn't mean I wasn't frightened, and I was, and it doesn't mean I didn't have to calm that other voice, the practical. I was in a more, I was, I was leaning more on intuition and spirituality, you know, the more feminine side of Barb, but the masculine side of Barb that does analytics and, and, and you know, is very logical was saying you're giving up so much. I had to kind of assuage her fear, that part, and let her know, again, we will be safe. Trust, love, faith, contribution, generosity, every single one of those things lines up with going back to the transformational personal growth work. So I did. Wow. <laughs> yeah, just wow. Like it just, because um, it can be so hard for so many to, to listen to the voice of love. And I love the way you described the voice of love and what would it say and what would fear say and mm -hmm. it's um a dialogue that any of you listening can bring to these mm -hmm. difficult decisions where you're getting 
like, because I think when you're feeling the fear, then your head, you know, your mind starts trying to figure out how to control mm-hmm. the situation. Mm-hmm. And then when you then ask, well, what would love say? Immediately, you can drop into your heart and say, what does your heart say? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and drop into your belly. And like, what is the wisdom that's coming through your body? And it sounds like you just... You did such an amazing job of that, and I'm so inspired by by what you've done and what you're creating. And- let me actually let me actually share a, a distinction for people trying this on. As I was originally learning the the tool and the awareness, I didn't always find myself able to move from love at the beginning. I would go, okay, let's say. Um, you know, I have a networking meeting this evening, let's say, and um, I'm really not feeling well. I'm under the weather. I'm tired. Self-care would really be to stay home. But I'm wanting to go because I'm afraid there are going to be great people there that I'm going to miss and I'm not going to meet them and they could really help my career and maybe I won't have another chance to meet them. And, and you know, I need to show my face there so I'll be more known in the community. It's all fear-based dialogue. I need to go to this networking event because of what I'll miss if I don't. Scarcity, right? Because I need to keep myself in the community. I need to control my reputation. And so I would notice as this example, wow, I, I really want to go to this networking event, but I can see it's all based on fear. It's all based on lack. It's all based on I'll miss out if I don't go. What would love say? Well, I would get clear that love would stay, say, stay home, nurture yourself, take a hot bath, you're not feeling well. And there were times where I would say, you know what? I can't yet. My fear is too strong. I'm going to go to the networking event and I know it's from fear. I know it's from lack. I know I'm afraid I'll miss out on something. That's not who I want to be, but it's the best I can do right now. But at least I recognize that. I can see what love would dictate to do. I can see what faith and trust would dictate. I have that awareness. I just can't go there yet. And I want to explain that that's an okay part of the process, right? Then the next step was okay, I want to do this thing out of fear and control and I can see what love would do. Am I willing to do what love would do? Even though I'm scared, even though there's a huge voice telling me to do what fear would say, am I willing to take the action or make the decision that wouldn't be rooted in love and faith and trust, even though I don't feel I'm really anchored there? And then I would find that, yes, I'm willing to try that. So that was kind of the next step. And then eventually I started actually really feeling the trust and the love and the faith and just making my decisions from there. Because as I chose to, it kept proving out to be the right decision. As I practiced choosing what love and faith and trust would say, I kept finding out wonderful things would happen. I was absolutely taken care of. Magic would happen. Miracles would happen. So I eventually got to the point where I do a lot of my decision-making from genuine love and trust and faith. So I wanted to express that it's a process, that the minute you have these distinctions, people can go, oh, I'm a bad guy if I don't go to love and I should do what love says. And there was a real interesting phase of, you know what, I'm scared to. I just can't go to trust yet. But my, my first step is at least noticing, at least seeing what the choices are. And my next step is maybe trying to come from love, even though I'm scared to, until it became more innate. So I wanted to express that. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you for expressing that. Mm-hmm. And th- that it's a process because it's not 
it's not easy sometimes to just go from one place to another when, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. it's, if you're in the fear place. So I, I love the transition you described and the process, the process of the, process, the oh. journey that you went on is so important. And I also uh, feel sometimes, or I wonder like when you're, when you're in that love place or when you're in that fear place, um, sometimes different things can emerge than you imagined. And it doesn't take you in, you don't know where it's going to take you when you bring the love into the fear place. And that's where the magic and the miracles occur and the alchemy occurs. But to allow yourself the time and the space to do that and to not beat yourself up if you came from the fear place, like if you made yourself go to the networking meeting, you know, then that's okay. And, um, and then there are other, other times, this is the other, other piece that was coming through as you were sharing, is there are other times where sometimes like it's the loving thing to do or coming from the love place is actually to show up. For instance, for me, um, you know, right now, like I still have like this dry cough and I've been sick during the um, period of creating this event. And sometimes like you just staying home and taking care of yourself and I'm certainly taking great care of myself, but it's like the resistance. Like I could have postponed, I could have canceled. And those voices were coming up. Why? Because this is new work. This is on my evolving edge. This is what I've been waiting to do my entire life. And my, um, you know, my, my comfort zone, my fear place was not pleased that I was stepping out. Mm-hmm. So it, it can also be confusing. Like sometimes the right solution is not to stay home and, and just yes. take care of yourself. It's to take care of yourself and do it. I mean, if well, you, let, me, yeah. let me make it really clear. Going yeah. to an event or keeping a commitment can absolutely be the choice coming from love. It was just an example where I was yeah. using for staying yeah, home. Yeah, no, I just, I just. It, but it, it is through. tricky because you can also hide out in staying home. Yeah. Like you can hide out and, oh, I'm not well, I should yeah. postpone this yes. thing, I yes. should put it off. And it's disguised as self-love. And what it really is, if you get really clear, is is fear. There's some fear that's that, that justifying putting off the thing is coming from fear. And the loving thing to do is to step forward into the commitment and shine your light. So you're absolutely right. It's very personal. We got to get really honest with ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it's unique depending upon the situation. Yeah. So there isn't a one way or one formula or it's um, really tuning into what is, what is this really? Because, mm-hmm. If you had forced yourself to go to the networking event, that that wasn't love. That would be fear. And right. then, but if I had postponed or canceled, that would be fear. Right. right. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Like just, exactly. Yeah. That's why it's so important to know that the choice itself won't reveal it. The choice could be the same choice coming from love or coming from fear. So you got to get under it. The the choice itself won't reveal it's coming from one side or the other. The same choice could be coming from either foundation, right? Yeah. Yeah. I know. It's such a rich conversation about love and fear. And it's a theme. We've definitely talked about it in other interviews too. So this is amazing. And you're adding another beautiful layer to the conversation. And now I'd love to take the conversation, this amazing conversation, to, I mean, you had mentioned earlier that you had a um, somewhat difficult breakup, business breakup, 
<laughs> and uh, I'd uh, love to hear a little bit more of that story and how yeah. you navigated that courageous conversation. Sure. So one of the things that I've learned and that I teach and that I'm really big on is that when you express yourself, set a boundary, speak your truth, it's got to be that the acknowledging and the joy of that is that you spoke your truth, not the reaction the other person gave you. So a lot of people, this is related to the story you're asking me about. So a lot of people get all excited about setting a boundary or saying no to something or speaking their truth. And they don't realize they're wanting the other person to say, you're right, I apologize. Or I totally see it your way. Thanks for telling me the truth. And what often happens is the other person may not see it your way. You speak your truth. You stand up for yourself. The other person might even attack you. So what I do with clients is I help people really remember you get to be a success for speaking your truth regardless of what the other person said. You are a success for standing up for yourself, not because you got the apology or not because you got the acknowledgement that maybe what you really want, that may not happen. You're a success for going out, saying what you feel, setting a boundary, making the request. Even if you make the request and the person says no, I celebrate you, you made the request. So I really am very clear on the distinction between speaking my truth, putting something out there, um, getting what I need to get off my chest as, a, as an act of self-love and self-advocacy and separating that from the other person's response. Now, of course, it's great when they say, oh, my God, you're right. I see it that way. Or, wow, I'm really sorry. Or, what a great request. Sure, I'll accommodate it. That's, that's icing on the cake. That's wonderful. But that's not what we decide, was I a success today or not, because they responded X, Y, Z. I was a success today. For, for advocating for myself by speaking my truth, like full stop. So this relates to the story. So um, when I came to this conversation in my own self that I wasn't happy being a business coach anymore, that I was done, that this was not my truth, that I needed to go back to transformational work, um, I was working with a very big name coach and I realized that at the last, I was an elite client, which is the top level, and um, I realized that at the last mastermind get together of these private clients, I would have to share with her that I wasn't continuing. And I was a little nervous because she's a big powerhouse and a wonderful, uh, wonderfully accomplished mentor and um, was responsible for a lot of my external success. But at the same time, a little intimidating to set a boundary with. And I knew she'd be surprised, you know, no. So we'd had this wonderful year and my income had been my highest ever. And I went in and I prepared myself around what is it I need to express. And what I wanted to express was gratitude for what we'd already done. And then to share my truth that I didn't want to continue on the path I was on. That the life I had been living was one of a lot of depletion. That I was nowhere near as present for my young daughters as I wanted to be. I was too scheduled. I was burning the candle at both ends. Um, that I did not want to do another live event the next year, despite having a hugely successful live event just a few weeks before this conversation. And um, I went in and I asked if we could have some private time to, to speak and the other colleagues were doing something else and we went into her office and I expressed this. And it was scary, uh, but I was immediately prizing myself for standing for myself. 
even my own inner dialogue was, wow, good for you. You're saying your truth. You're standing up for you. You're being really courageous at a very um, strong, you know, supportive voice as I was speaking. And initially, the, this mentor was really caught off guard. He didn't expect I'd be leaving. We just had a huge three-day event, you know, a very successful. We exceeded our financial goals. Um, I had a really big year. Things were going great. So she was caught off guard. And um, she was confused. And she was, you know, really challenging me. Like, do you know what you're doing? And why would you do this? And don't you understand the model is, you know, you, you do a big three-day event. You got to do the next one the next year. Like the whole point is you establish one and the next one's bigger and the next one's bigger. And I was saying, I hear you. I know that's the model. I, I really just don't choose to do another one. I'm not happy. I need to find another direction. Um, and she, she was, you know, um, assertive in challenging my decision and um, making, um, I don't know what's just how, to, how to say the right word, but um, points as to why I should consider staying in what I was doing and why I was giving up an awful lot and w why maybe this was not a sound decision. And, and so I had to field this um, and stay in my truth and know in my gut that no one's living my life but me, you know. I, I love that she sees me as someone who could have been even bigger and bigger. So she was saying I wasn't going to live up to my potential if I stopped the path I was on. And I know from her perspective, that was coming from love from her perspective. Like she could see me in a really big place in the world. Um, and I had to keep reminding myself, only I get to decide what fulfillment looks like to me. Only I can say uh, my time with my children and being more present while they're young is more important than more dollars. You know, only I could say, I know everything looks like it's going great. Uh, and it seems crazy to walk away from this. And this is really what's true for me. So I stayed in there. I hung in there and I, I practiced not overly explaining. Like I, I had to have my own dialogue also telling me, you don't need her to get it. You don't have to over explain. You don't have to keep repeating yourself. So she gives you the endorsement of your decision. So she says, I really get it. I really understand. You don't need her to approve. You just need to stay true to who you are. And it was a really powerful conversation for me. And to be honest, after a bunch of back and forth, when it became very clear, my decision was very clear and it was really true for me. She shifted to a place of, you know, big hug and I really only want you to be happy and I want what's the best for you. And we ended on very nice terms, uh, but it was a scary conversation to have. So I really had to prepare myself with the reminders that this was an exercise for me about being true to me, regardless of what I was met with. And could I stand my ground knowing that my advocating for myself was, was the thing I could do, the thing I could hold in the face of anything else, and how it would even strengthen that muscle by doing so. And I left, and I was so proud um, that I'd stood up for me in, in the face of a big personality, and that I'd chosen the life path that I want to have, even though it doesn't, doesn't make sense um, looking from the external. It doesn't make sense. I can understand why she was not expecting that conversation. Um, so that was a, a courageous conversation that was, you know, recent in the past uh, year, you know, year, year and a half, that um, was a, a, a reference point I have for just stay true to you. You can do it. Despite what anyone else might think, you can always do it. And especially if I walk out of there and my self-talk to myself is, is loving. Wow, good for you. 
Look at your courage. Look at your tenacity in standing true to yourself. Really proud of you. Good girl. And I've adopted a, a, a real loving self-talk now in my life versus the one that used to criticize me and butcher me and eviscerate me and tell me I was less than and compare me to others. And, you know, that's, that's such a voice in the past in terms of my journey that because of that loving advocate voice, which I really want to encourage people to practice, um, the relationship I have is between us, you know, the part of me that might be afraid sometimes and this loving, supportive, higher self, God consciousness voice that's, that's just like a salve of love and support. And with the relationship being here between us, it no longer matters what other people say, whether they approve or don't approve. It hurts sometimes when people don't approve of me. I mean, it, it hurts, you know, it hurts sometimes when I'm not liked or um, when I trigger someone and it doesn't feel great, but it doesn't throw me. I know who I am. You know, mm. so that's a little bit about that. Oh, I just love so much of what you've just shared because it's, um, there's this way in which you were so grounded in like who you are and knowing who you are and knowing what your truth is. And it enabled you to go into this very difficult, maybe not very difficult, but difficult conversation, you know, and uh, maybe a moment's very difficult, who knows, oh. but yeah, yeah, and um, stay true to yourself and stay in that because it can be so hard to, like, you can waver, you can get caught up in whatever the other person is saying, you know, if, oh, you know, living up to your potential, I think, was one thing that you said and that can be triggering like well is that true is that not true is this am i am i selling out on myself you didn't have any of that why because you knew you know that this is your truth and you know this is your path so you didn't get hooked in right. and you didn't get triggered the way we can sometimes get if we're not at that place where we know mm -hmm. with clarity and landing that truth in our bodies really deeply um, when you do that what you're modeling what I'm pulling out of this conversation is just um, how important it is to do that to get to that place inside yourself before you have that conversation mm -hmm. and it's so important to, I'm sure you did work with yourself to get to that place. Yeah. I'm sure you talked to your husband. I'm sure you talked to friends mm -hmm. and you did a lot of processing of, well, what was really true for you? What was going on? And mm -hmm. you cleared a lot of different things. And, mm -hmm. and then you got to a place where you just knew and it didn't matter what this person said. Yeah. Um, but that it wasn't going to sway you because you knew what your truth was and this person did not know that. And so, you know, that's just really beautiful. Well, you raise a really good point for people listening. Um, you don't want to go into a courageous conversation when you're wishy-washy about your decision or your boundary because you'll be very easily talked out of it or swayed or fear will take over and you'll start second-guessing yourself. So I'm glad you're referencing that because... Um, I, I do spend time getting clear with myself before I go into a difficult conversation. So I really know where I stand. So I'm not at such risk of faltering or being confused or being talked out of my position. And that can happen when we're not 
we're, we're, we're trying to set a boundary, but we're second guessing and we're not clear. So I encourage people with whatever tools you have, whether it's journaling or some self-talk or prayer or working it out with a friend, whatever the issue is you're about to have a courageous conversation about, to really get clear what you need, what you're asking, what you're saying, what boundary you're setting before you go in so that you don't have that risk of getting thrown off. That's a very good point you referenced. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, so we've covered some very rich territory mm -hmm. today, Barb. And I'm um, wondering if there's if there are key takeaways or things you might want to encapsulate and I think you just shared one, <laughs> you know, so, so right. that's, that's perfect. You don't need to repeat that one because you just shared it. And I think it's really important and something that, that emerged in this conversation that I think is so valuable. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else that you would suggest, um, that we or main points that have emerged as we've been on the journey of this conversation? Um, well, I, I reiterate just a few things, right? The, the exercise around love versus fear, which actually is something I, I, you, you're giving on my behalf to everyone listening, which we'll talk about later, but there's some support materials on that concept. Um, the concept that speaking your truth and setting a boundary is very much about your self-expression, not needing a response from someone else and really remembering that and um, acknowledging yourself and prizing yourself for the speaking of your truth, whatever the reaction might be. The one you just mentioned about getting clear and getting prepared before going into a courageous conversation. Don't put yourself in harm's way till you've got some strength and some solidarity with yourself around your, your belief and your um, decision. Another thing I also think is a great tip is to bookend a courageous conversation with someone who really loves and supports you. So that means you talk to them first. I'm going to go into this conversation. I'm, it's just about to happen. Here's what I'm going to say. Here's my position. And they're cheering you on and they're saying, I'm with you. I'm here with you. I, I got your back. And then you bookend it. They're, you're going to call them right after. They're on the edge of their seat waiting to hear from you. And you know they're with you. And you do your courageous conversation. And then you come back and you call them and they're like, how'd you do? And just having that bookend with someone who's your advocate and loves you and supports you, I've found really helps me stay strong in that conversation. Helps me recognize I'm not alone. I've got a cheerleader. And someone that's waiting for my call afterwards so I'm very aware of my really staying strong, am I really expressing myself because I'm going to be reporting it back to that person who's my support afterwards. So bookending scary conversations or courageous boundaries you have to set um, with someone who's really an advocate is, is really lovely. I, I, I encourage that. There's even another tip related to that that I've done and had clients do, which is walking in the room and seeing God spirit, my higher self, my inner wise woman, whatever anyone's orientation is. But seeing God walk right in next to me, and as I'm standing there saying my boundary, spirit, the divine, God, whatever my concept is, is right there next to me. We've walked in together. Um, or, you know, if I'm sitting in a chair, there's a chair, invisible chair right next to me, and there's God, there's my higher self, there's the divine right next to me, right on my side, we're a team together. I'm not alone. And that visualization has helped me, and I've used it with clients too, upon walking into a situation that's a little scary where you're going to express yourself and set a boundary. So, yeah, those are a few things that come to mind. Yeah, great, great, great ideas and tips and I really appreciate you sharing them and even some things that that we didn't talk about so I yeah. love that you got some extras yeah 
And um, I'd love to hear more now about the, the free gift that you have for us. The link is below the video, so you can uh, grab it there. But uh, go ahead and tell us more. Yeah, it's, it's an ebook on love versus fear, how to make spirit-led choices for a prosperous life. So really what it is is a little workbook that takes you through the love versus fear concept that goes into a little more detail about how fear can look. Remember those other things like anger or control or what love can look like in terms of contribution, faith, and gives you a, a set of um, questions to ask yourself to help get clear where your decision's coming from on what, which of those foundations, which of those motivations. And then once you do, how to question it or challenge it and look you know, what would love say if you find it's coming from fear? And then how to make that assessment, how far you're willing to step into what, what love would say. So it just, it, it enriches the conversation we had about that topic and has a little workbook uh, exercise you can repeat anytime you're facing a decision or a choice or an action to take or not take. Um, it gives you the little, the little tool in more detail. Uh, and I, like I said, this is a tool that once I got familiar with it, really, really changed the course of my life because I, once I learned it, I couldn't be ignorant to the foundation of the decisions I was making. Like once I learned that your decisions are coming from one or the other, I'd see a situation and I couldn't not know, shit, I'm coming from fear. You know, I couldn't, I couldn't be ignorant of that anymore. So I think it's a tool that's just a great tool. And I, I put it into a book with some steps to help people um, effectively use it. So that's what it is. What an amazing free gift and how, like, it's so important to having courageous conversations is to come from love and not fear. So thank you. And it just is so perfect. It's almost like you designed it for this <laughs> this interview and this series, which I know you didn't, but it's like you did. <laughs> so it just, yeah, yeah, it's really amazing. And you know, for all of you listening, I, I just think that um, we too often come from fear and we make our decisions from there. And if if we make more of our decisions from love and faith and like Barb has showed us today in her journey and, you know, faith that there is abundance, that she can prosper following what she really loves to do, what she's here to do. You can do that too, and this gift that Barb has offered us is so important, uh, it's such an important piece of doing that. So uh, if this is speaking to you at all, I think it would be great for you to grab it right now. Yeah. And Barb, I just so appreciate you, who you are, what you bring, the courage that you have displayed, and then you being willing to share share with us about your journey so transparently and even with the conversation with your mentor it's yeah. just so special and so needed and now there's not enough sharing like this and and i just really so appreciate you for for bringing you and your wisdom sure my i love it thank you what a lovely acknowledgement thank you yeah. <laughs> thank you and uh we're going to close up this interview, so we will see you again for our next session. And bye, everybody. This has been Wealth Alchemy Lab, the only show teaching you how to follow a spiritual path to money, pleasure, and purpose. To stay connected to our community, join our Facebook group, 
also called Wealth Alchemy Lab. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a review on iTunes. To check out today's guest, visit epicdreamacademy.com forward slash podcast.